Listen to WGN Radio's newest podcast, Behind the Badge, Illinois, hosted by David Hochberg. Behind the Badge, Illinois, views current events through the eyes of Illinois law enforcement leaders. Tune in. Visit WGNRadio.com slash Behind the Badge. The city of Chicago is in chaos. The Bolsheviks have basically controlled everything now with city council and the and the mayor's office. It's a disaster. And I know I'm re- reminded constantly from my little leftist friends to not say anything because get Chicago out of your mouth. But you know what? That doesn't does that mean I also have to get Chicago taxes out of my mouth and revenue out of my mouth? The city that we love is in chaos, but to talk about this, we've asked Ted Dabrowski of wirepoints.org to join us on the Chicago Way. Ted's knowledge of finance, policy, and government stems from his 16-year international career in finance and management as the head of corporate banking and a management member of Citibank in Poland. He advised the government there on financial restructuring that continued the liberalization of the nation's economy. He has had roles in the Treasury in both Mexico and Poland, and he has managed multi-billion dollar balance sheets and sales and trading. He's now with Wirepoints as president of that organization, and we're pleased to have him. Of course, as always, Jeff Carlin is here, executive producer at WGN Radio, baker of pies, lover of cats. I'm sorry about the cat thing. And me, John Cass, husband, father, Orthodox Christian, Greek Orthodox Christian, editor-in-chief of johncassnews.com. But where are you as Chicago's future is reshaped by the Marxist vision of Brandon Johnson. And who's going to pay for it? Because I certainly am not. I'm gone. You're on the Chicago Way podcast on WGN+. So this is a guy who lives high on the hog, and he has this Tammany Hall-style attitude to power. And um, it is, it's the Chicago way, absolutely. The, the, the Chicago way is a deep cultural phenomenon. It's the Chicago way. The Chicago way, that's the focus. In a tower by the river, there lived a man. There was a man who took a stand with pen and paper in his hand. Defeating foes in every ward with a pen more mighty than the sword. No escape from his ink lasso in a tower by the river. Castle. Here's how you get him. He pulls a knife, you pull a gun. He sends one of yours to the hospital, you send one of his to the morgue. That's the Chicago way. So Ted Dabrowski, where is Chicago in with this sea of immigrants swamping the city well john you you stole my word from me that i wanted to use and that's chaos oh i thought it was marxist <laughs> <laughs> yeah well, well that one too uh you know i i happened to go yesterday to um 
downtown to Larrabee and Division to the police station there. I wanted to see with my own eyes what things look like. And I wanted to, to be able to speak to the people. I'm, I'm lucky to speak Spanish, so I was able to communicate with them. And it, it is absolute chaos. And the first thing that comes to my mind is, you know, what, yeah, okay, we're going we're gonna to complain a lot here, but, you know, these politicians that want to say we're a welcoming city, that we're a, a sanctuary city, you know, they're, they're virtue signaling all the way. And, and they've been doing that for a while, mm-hmm. but they never had a plan. You know, they never had a plan for when all these people arrived, what was going to happen. Now they got, you know, they're caught with their pants down. They're, they're you know, Pr- Pritzker's complaining and, and you know, and, and Johnson's complaining. They all want more money, of course. They want to blame everybody else for the It's problem. the Republicans' fault. It's the conservative Republicans who are at fault here, I, from what I understand, right? No? Yeah, you know, Rick, Rick, yeah, Rick Pearson wrote in, in the Chicago Tribune okay. today, uh, yeah, that it's you know Abbott's fault. This is you know an Abbott created crisis, and that's that's fascinating because it starts way before that, right? With with Biden's changes at the uh, at the border. My advice to Rick Pearson is that she, he should have three more drinks and sit and fall asleep in his car in Springfield. It's it's a horrible piece because it's a mess. You know, he's trying to figure out Pearson's trying to figure out who to blame, who not to blame, how to get everybody engaged in, in the problem. But uh, you know what he doesn't mention is is it's it's well it's, it's extreme chaos and. You know, I had a chance to, to meet two two families, uh, one with two kids, very young kids, and one with uh, um, one kid. And they arrived from Venezuela eight days ago. And uh, you know, it's first of all, you get to the you get to the uh, police station, and there are all these tents there, right, just yeah, right outside. Shut that scene because I've seen some stuff on social media that I, I can't wrap my head around it, the tents on on parkways and in between houses. And well, well, this is this is even funnier because this is right. On the premises, so you know, if you wa- if you walk into the lobby, they've got it cleared out because what they're doing is they keep the people out during the day unless they mm-hmm. want to go use the bathrooms, which is a whole other story, by the way. Yeah. And and then during the day, they're out right there in the in the in the uh, sidewalk of the police station, and they've got I don't know fifty tents, maybe more. Uh, lots of people crammed in there. You've got uh, you know a lot of a lot of young men, you know, vibrant young men, and uh, you know they, they can be troublesome because they are, from what I hear, they're you know they like to like to have a good time. Uh, you got families. You got a lot of young kids. Uh, the two families that I met, they didn't have tents. A lot of the men had tents. They didn't have tents. And nobody, they hadn't figured out how to how to get them. And, um, you know, the, the whole bathroom thing is a mess where I talked to a worker there. She described as one of the most filthy things she's ever had to do in her life oh, because God. you've got all these people. There's no showers in this bathroom, so people are using sinks and all that. This it's, is the, you know, this so is the people police living, station? Yeah, this is the police station on Larry oh Division. And, and here's and here's the thing. They have a, a revolving door uh, for the police station. They weren't using that. And what you had in there, because it was raining yesterday and windy, uh, they had like oh, yeah. five or six little kids in there playing because that was their, that was their playpen. Uh, you know, I'm talking about real little kids. So um, there's no plan. They have no idea what they're doing. The people there have no idea what they're waiting on. They're waiting for work, you know, work permits. They're trying to figure out where they're going to live. And and they're just they stand around because they don't know what else to do, and uh, you know a lot of this goes down to the city for for being so welcoming, uh, but but not being prepared. Well, what, and of course it starts much yeah anyway yeah I mean that's that well we get to the start of it I mean we're they're coming in under the auspice of asylum these people are assuming I mean, they're not just people who are hopping the fence getting on a, a bus and coming straight here I mean they're, they're having some sort of interaction with some authority before they come here and what is and it seems like their expectation when they get here is not being fulfilled by any means I mean what what are, how, what are, they, what are they telling you 
Well, Jeff, let me say this before I start. Yeah. You know, cl close the damn border, mm. right? Don't let more people in because we can't handle it. Right. And that's that's the starting point of this whole discussion. Sure. That said, we got a huge we do have a humanitarian crisis on our hands because what, what they told me, the Venezuelan guy told me with his family, he said, look, I know people are coming here. I know they're making it easy to come here or, you know, they're welcoming. He says, if I knew that that border was closed, I wouldn't come. But he said, I know it's open, so I'm coming. And, and this is the message they're getting is, is come on because, you know, you can, yeah. you can find a better life. Now, you know, these guys are from Venezuela. And if we all know what's happened in Venezuela yeah. recently, right, they're, they're saying they're trying to live on $20 a month. The hospitals don't work. Water doesn't come to the, to the houses. The lights don't come on. It's a disaster in Venezuela. So you maybe can understand, not maybe, you can understand why people would flee. Yeah. Although what people said is, I'd much rather live in Venezuela. That's my home country than move to the U.S. But given the situation and my kids and my family, I'm going to go look for opportunity. And so they've come here. And I mean, a lot of these people have gone over this pass. And, you know, I, did, I didn't pay attention to the Darien Pass. Have you guys paid attention to that? That that's, that, that, that huge, mm -hmm. huge jungle right between Colombia and, right. and, uh, and uh, Panama. And they're having to, to, to risk their lives for five days of climbing. Uh, you know, the, you're talking about two months of travel for the people coming from Venezuela. It's big stuff. And so, therefore, you've got these people who've struggled in whatever ways you want to look at it. Now they're here. And and they're sitting around sleeping in in, in you know sidewalks and oh it's it's tough. Why are we here? Because I think uh, we have to explain to people why we're here. You mentioned uh, early on that uh, there was uh, there were there's a lot of feelings because that's how we govern ourselves now. Yeah. Not with analysis, not with budgets, not with numbers, but with feelings. And there were many feelings about. Let's not let's be welcoming because we had to be welcoming because you know feelings. So they so they asked people of from all over the world to come here because we're the sanctuary city, we're the American city, we're the city of immigrants. Please come here, but we never had a plan to deal with them. I met one of the ladies, fantastic lady. I, I feel like I, I'm not sure if I should be talking about her, but. Because she was so strong, you know, diminutive Mexican woman, 30 years living in the U.S., loves Chicago. I mean, you could hear it in her voice. And now she's so frustrated. She says that these politicians are destroying Chicago. She never wanted to leave Chicago. Now she's like, man, I don't know what to do here. And, you know, she, she was an immigrant herself. And so she was the one that had to clean up their messes. She's the one that organized. You know, I saw a bunch of uh, young men try to come in and go to that bathroom. She goes, nope, you are not going in there right now. It's closed. And she... She ran a, a damn, you know, it's amazing. Such a small woman with such strength. Um, but she's, she's in charge of all that. And uh, you know, that's, that's a, that's what's a her rank. Job. Is she a deputy police chief or what? What's Is her, she, no, a, a no, no, she was a, a cleaning lady contractor. Oh, boy. So just, but, but yeah, but she had the role of keeping them out. And, you know, and, and I have to tell you, it looked really good in there for whatever she was doing. And, you know, they have food coming in all the time. Um, but but I but I'll tell you you could see it in people's eyes and, and what what I really did like and, and uh, you know John I know you're you're well we're all we're all you know descendants of immigrants so yes you know, my 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 right. mom came from Ecuador she was nineteen my dad came from Poland when he was you know his early twenties and and uh, you know they they I and I lived I lived the first generation you know immigrant life me too uh, so I know a little bit about it uh, but but you know what I love about these people who come and and again. 
with 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 the you know with this Mexican lady who works and told me it's like there's a lot of a lot of tough guys, a lot of some of them not good guys. You know, she 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 said, hey, you know, some of that stuff that Trump was saying about some some bad guys, they're yeah. here. She sees them, but yeah. by the same token, she said there's a lot of great people, and uh, most of the guys I talked to yesterday said. All I want to do is work. I want to work. I don't want to. I don't want to sit here and do nothing. I want to work. I want to you know work in a, in a construction. But Get let paid. me feed my kids. Right. Let me let me feed my family. I want to be independent, and that's true. And there's no pipelines for, for any of that to happen because, like, like we've been emphasizing, there was no plan. <laughs> there's no plan. Yeah. So um. So you know, I give a lot of credit to them. Now that said, you know, I, I want the border closed, right? That that's the immediate plan. And I heard a lot of people say the same thing when I was there because they said, look. If it's open, we're coming. You know, this is the greatest country on earth. Right. You know, we're, we're trying to mess it up, but uh, you know, people want to come just like just like your parents, my parents. They wanted the opportunity and freedom, and and, and they got it here. But uh, what we're doing now is, is is kind of the reverse. What your parents did, and my parents when they came here as immigrants, they adopted, they sought to assimilate, and they adopted the ways of this country and the culture of this country into their own. So that at our house, my father had strict rules. We had to speak English in our home. Oh, love it. Because we, you know why? And we're like, but dad, we're Greek. And dad, we're, he's like, no, you're not. Because if you go over to the village, if we go back to the village, you know what they're going to call you? Americani. They're not going to call you Greek. Speak English. This is your home. This is where you grew up. This is where we moved to. And uh, that's the rule. But I don't see that. I don't see people doing that. And there's no emphasis on that from the political leadership because they want all these separate groups that are broken up by language. They don't want, they want a balkanization of the United States, just like the good Marxists have wanted for many, many years. And they have it now, don't they? Yeah, you know, I, I want to echo something you said from, from my dad. Uh, the assimilation, well, for my parents, but the assimilation was so key. You mm-hmm. know, if, if 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 I was speaking Spanish with my with my mom, but he wanted us to learn the other languages, right? Yes. But man, we were going to learn English because English was going to help us to succeed in America. That was right. Well, like like any of the old immigrants, that's what you did, right? You 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 assimilated, you you educated yourself, and you succeeded. Um, yeah, that's not happening today, which which is a whole other discussion about what's happening in our schools, right? But the kids can't read, they can't write, and we try all these bilingual things and all that no teach them english teach them how to succeed in america teach them how to succeed in in business right and all that so um we've gotten so far away from that you're right well we should focus again i'm thinking before we get into a story of how jeff learned gaelic as a boy (laughs) yeah i don't know about that playing for the playing keeper goalkeeper for palatine celtic uh no, um, I, my, my grandparents were, were, were immigrants. There you go. No. We'll get into that. But, for, you know, what about where wirepoints.org is? Because where do, what do you, how do you pick your stories? How do you and Mark Lennon pick your stories to choose what to emphasize? And what research? Because you, know, you know how you guys are really research heavily. Directed. Really? Right. Well, you know, we're a small group, and so that makes it hard because this is like whack-a-mole, right? Sure. You know, it's it's. Uh, no, tell me. About you know, it. Yeah. And, and I think this kind of gets to the problem of Chicago is that, um, you know, and, and the leadership, and also Illinois, you need you need competent leaders to focus on real problems, 
and fix real problems and have a plan, as we were saying. And instead, we, we, we have all these so many problems. If, if you read the budget, which we'll get to in a minute, you know, there's a whole bunch of stuff on equity. And you have all these paragraphs and chapters on equity. And you're like, wait a minute, how, how, do, you, how do you manage something on equity? And so what's, what's being left out is just the, the good old blocking and tackling of government. You know, do you, do you, do you understand what your goals are? Do you have, are you, are you going to base your goals on merit and competence and achievement and therefore design your budget around that? Or are you going to do a bunch of loosey goosey things uh, that nobody can figure out what's going on? So, so at WirePoints, you know, we're in a bit of a predicament because these things pop up and, you know, we, we like to be factual about what we write about. And we like to be data centric about what we write about. And, uh, you know, it, things things like this immigration, we're having to learn it as we go because, you know, it's one thing to talk about what's happening globally and all that, but it's another to know what the facts are and who are these people and, and you know, how much money have we spent and where's the money going and, and you know, who's enriching themselves from all this, right? Because there's a bunch of people enriching themselves. But uh, sure. this is a good example. You know, my colleague Mark, Mark Glennon is going to be writing a piece on immigration, and, and, and I'm going to bring this to life. And this is why I wanted to go see it myself. I don't want to read it from reports. I, I want to be able to like feel, feel what's going on, see what's going on, and then start to put the, put the data behind it. And let, let's figure out, it's, you know, obviously we're just going to be critical and, and, uh, and negative about it. But uh, there's lives being destroyed. Listen, we haven't even talked about the other side of the lives, right, which are the, the blacks in particular, but many Latinos too. Who feel like they're just getting stuff crammed down their throat, um, you know, like 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 their park district being taken yeah, away. Taken away, yeah. Uh, yeah, and you know, we we did spend a bit of time on this on immigration, and that, my gosh, you know, this this goes back to to Johnson. Think about the things you can't, you haven't fixed yet, you haven't touched crime yet, you haven't touched property taxes yet. Forget pensions, right? That's another big monster. Oh God, um, yeah. you know. You, you haven't ever talked about schools in the way that we talk about schools, right? We're just, you know, whatever it is, you know, 10 out of t- 10 out of every hundred black kids can read a grade level. When are you going to work on that? And so the problems are so deep and so, so broad. And yet he's focused on all other kinds of things. And if you listen to what he says, it's a bunch of mumbo jumbo, sadly. And, and, and instead of focusing on, I mean, we could, we could sit down with him and right now lay out five problems. The media, the media in Chicago, the media, which is corrupt in my view, I only spent my life in it. I understand where the fault lines are. I understand who, like the backstories of people, like pro combine reporters, like uh, political reporters, like Rick Pearson and leftist softies. They have allowed this to happen because they didn't hold, they did not hold uh, political actors to account. So, we have school boards that allow billions of dollars to be spent of taxpayer money. Kids can't read. They can't add. Yeah. They can't subtract. They don't know, Jeff, where the cele- to follow a celestial celestial body. They can't. <laughs> they can't look at look up the uh, the uh, Milky Way in the in the sky. They can't read. They can't think. Yeah, it's cool. Right. And so, in trouble. And so that's where we're in trouble. What about the uh, what about the the issue that Ted just brought up, which is, and Ted, let's examine this. I've been writing about this for quite some time. Black residents feel betrayed by the political structure of Chicago that takes their parks away for to uh, to give to. Um, 
refugees, migrants, and they're just pushed off the corner. How does that work politically? How does that work in real terms, Ted? Well, yeah, I, 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 people haven't watched the video of the, uh, the Park District discussion. Uh, they, they allowed the community to speak up, and uh, very impressive at how the blacks were able to say, hey, you know, you, this is our Park District. We, we, we've waited a long time to get these kind of things. We're taxpayers, too. And suddenly, without any discussion, right, and this is a big part of it, there's no, there's no local discussion, there's no local decision-making. You know, Pritzker slash Johnson, they just try to shove things down people's throat. And right. uh, and now they're seeing. I love what this what this one woman said. Hey, listen, you're 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 you know you're whatever you're screwing over your voters so you can take care of people who don't have a vote for you. And uh, you know that that was a good point of saying you're you're banding us for people that aren't even residents or citizens from here. But and, will black will they vote against? Will black Democrats vote against Democrats because Biden has opened the borders? Pritzker has allowed it. All these people are playing games with them. When will they call? When will black voters call the Democrats to account? That's my question. Well, see, now, I, I, right. I'd, I'd love to say, John, that it's getting close to, to where we get some changes. But then you get into the whole side of well, is, is the other yeah. side, let's call it the Republican side. Are they prepared not. to message it properly and, and, and not take? They're not. And this is the problem. So blacks will, they're right. angry. They're very angry. Um, they've, they've seen the weakness of, of Pritzker and others and then how they, how they treat them. Uh, but yet they, they may not see the, the opposition and where to go for the opposition and that there's a good opposition out there that, that messages this thing right. Instead, they'll, they'll see a bunch of Republicans that say silly things or something or won't want to well, address because, the issue well. And blacks will continue to what they do, which is what for blacks, my, for, for my Democrats. Belief, and maybe I'm wrong here, gentlemen, to you, Jeff, and to you, Ted is that the Republicans don't want to engage because they're afraid of their own constituents. They want to support, they want free, cheap labor coming to satisfy the Tyson chicken processors and all that. They want that. They want cheap labor. And so they're not going to stem the immigration. They want they want uh, cheap, cheap factory workers. Yes? I'm sure it's part of the calculus. I mean, that certainly absolutely influences some of the votership. But I think some of it more probably just comes from this uh, the idea of just opposing the nearsighted and idiocy that they see presented before him because it's not too hard to just not want to be in support of that and, and not necessarily think about it in the, in the terms you're saying. But I, I'm, I think the budget, because I really want to get Ted's take on this before yeah. we, uh, we cut him loose here, is – is kind of devoid of any structural changes that he was promising. It's a lot of window dressing is, is my, my read on it. And, and that kind of speaks to the idea of like the Austin community who's being having their you know field house taken away. And, you know, it's, it's a black community and it's, they're seeing it being overrun by it's his you know, community. Right. And so we, you know, what's uh, what are we seeing here? Is it just window dressing, as I've described? Yeah, let me answer that, uh, Jeff. But let me let me just hit one point that, that John asked about about the Republicans, and you know, I, I think ascribing your your thought, John, that that they just want cheap labor, that would be if they were if they were being that smart and and thoughtful <laughs> about it. But I I don't think so. I, I think it's the other way around. They don't know what to do with Hispanics. 
And and for me, it's a slam dunk. They don't dunk. know what they stand for. Yeah. They don't know what they stand for. And if you think about Hispanics, right, they're they're so family oriented, right? They they don't like woke stuff, right? They mm-hmm. they love they love family. They're Catholic. They love to have, they're Catholic. Right. They love to have. They're patriarchal. Right. And Daddy yes, runs and the to, house. Yeah. Right. Yeah, and they love to have children. Yeah. Right? So so they like family values. Well, 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 you know, the Democrats these days don't like family. So. It should be easy, right? And, and the, the Hispanics broadly don't like woke stuff. So there's an opening there. The uh, Hispanics like school choice. If they know about school choice, they'd much rather send their kids to a Catholic school or a private school than than the public school. Right. Um, you know, they, uh, they they're very entrepreneurial. Look, these guys mm-hmm. will go out and start a start a company tomorrow. They don't. Right. Need, they don't need. So these are great. If you think about it, these are great future Republicans. These are great future. And if you don't want to talk about parties, these are people who like family values, school choice, entrepreneurship, you know. Um, but we don't know how to talk. Well, I say we, the Republicans don't know how to talk to them. And so therefore they stay away from it or they say silly things yeah. and make a mess. So Because they um, speak Spanish the way Ed Burke speaks Spanish. Oh, like, donde esta? You know, or something like that. <laughs> Enchiladas, yeah. Yeah, enchiladas. Uh, yeah. So talk about the budget now. One real thing is, where's the budget? Where's the budget? Well, the bu- the budgets have become really, really difficult to talk about because they don't really mean anything anymore. Uh, right. you know, it used to be it used to be that you could do like a financial analysis and figure things out, but I can't remember if we talked about this last time we talked. But today's budget is 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 more than fifty percent bigger than the budget before oh, before COVID. God. Right, right. So, so imagine you know, if, if if you had a household income. In Chicago, seventy thousand right before COVID. Now your income would be one hundred and five thousand. Well, that's not happening to most people. Most people are struggling with whatever they had before. Maybe they got some, a couple inflation raises, but you know, nobody has fifty percent more money. They're not making fifty percent more. But but the Chicago government, Brandon Johnson, has fifty percent more than than Lightfoot had in twenty nineteen. So the question is, where does all that money go? You're, you're talking about. It's, it's almost six billion dollars more. So the budget back then was ten billion. Now it's sixteen billion. So where's that six billion going, and who's getting it? Right. And some of that was inflationary. Some of that was whatever COVID stuff. Some of is it will this go government away. is this government like they paid for PPP loans, like where everybody was defrauding the federal government <laughs> on the right. PPP loans? Is you know, that what we're seeing? Well, we're just seeing that money's just been handed out, right? I mean, it's yeah. been it's been spent, and and you know, yeah. you, it's hard to track, right? You, for, for guys like us, it used to be easier, uh, yeah. but you know, now now it's you know, equity laden language, and um, it's 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 a joke. Yeah. And what we have to do is wait for the federal money to stop flowing, and this will be probably the last last bit of it we see, and then we're going to see what really happens. And so, in this case, even though even though Johnson has six billion dollars more than back then. He still wants a billion dollars more for, for for stuff, right? He promised a billion dollars more in spending that he can't do yet. Uh, Eight hundred million of which he was going to tax the rich, right? Corporations and the rich. Yeah. He hasn't been able to get that done yet. Um, and so, you know, can't you find can't you find the money you want out of the six billion extra dollars? And and so it's it's um, you know, he he took four hundred million dollars for the TIFs, so that's the other slush fund. We've been we've been complaining about that for years and. You know, it always seems to be, oh, we're not, we're not going to make budget, and then suddenly here comes the TIF money. So, right. and that's again, that's not, that's not something we can actually analyze because you, you can't get the data. So, um, it's it's a fool's game. How do people get involved with 
wirepoints.org what can they do to help to be part of this yeah because you guys are gonna i'm sure you guys will take this yeah. thing apart in detail because i know it just recently came out and it's it's a it's a hefty read <laughs> well it's a hefty read but but again you know it, uh well i, I was going to complain but you know all you need to do is read last year's and it looks like this year's just <laughs> sure. uh just move you know throw some more ed- throw a few more equity words in there <laughs> Yeah, um, yeah. So, you know, so at wirepoints.org, we're, we're just trying to get these messages out. And, um, you know, the, the more people that share wirepoints.org helps, uh, we're going to have to get a little bit more activist, I think, as wirepoints, if, if we, if we can, if we can get there, because, uh, you know, we know that in, in Illinois, journalism alone isn't enough, uh, especially when you look at traditional media, uh, they, 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 they still swamp. I think one of my, my, one of my biggest concerns is, is, is this, is that, you know, Governor Pritzker, when you think about it, he spent what is it uh, two call it two hundred sixty million dollars on his own campaigns for the two campaigns. Then he spent you know however much he spent on Bailey's campaign. He spent uh, for the progressive tax campaign. He spent on the Supreme Court justice campaign. Where does most of that money go? Media. A lot of it goes to media on campaigns. So the media is beholden to Governor Pritzker because you know he he spent a lot of money on you know you name whichever traditional media you want. He spent a lot of money on commercials, etc. So they won't go against them. And and look at the quality. Look at the quality of reporting. On one side of the town, you have uh, Pearson. Okay, God forbid. And the other side of the town, you have Lenny Sweet, who's, uh, you know, making a hero of Tony Preckwinkle. It's like a, a bleep in comedy. And in the middle okay. of all that, and then you have like lightweights on broadcast uh, on television. It's a bleeping comedy at the mm, same time. Comedy of dramas. At the same time, we're building. They're building uh, a Chinese. Well, they're building a Chinese battery factory in Illinois. Tell us about that. Well, that's that's another another one of those force it down your throats uh, situation. Yeah, you know, we saw we saw in Joliet. If you guys were keeping up with that, where uh, something the Joliet Township wanted money. Uh, from the state to um, house migrants, right? Yeah. <laughs> but but the, but the city of Joliet didn't know anything about it, and so they're going to try to force that down their throats. Uh, then we had, of course, we just talked about the uh, the, the the park district in uh, Amundsen in Austin. Uh, they were going to try to shove that down people's throats. Well, same thing's happening with a two billion dollar battery factory, electric vehicle battery factory in in uh, Mantino, and the people in Mantino had no idea this was coming. And next thing you know, they're hearing that they're going to get this massive battery plant nobody understands the ownership right. of the battery plant is chinese owned uh so what you know there's, there's lots of concerns about china these days rightfully so um, the goshen project the right. goshen exactly goshen is the company concerns about about the environment it uses like like 500 million gallons a, a huge number of gallons a day um what about the environmental concerns what about the fact this is a farm country and the people don't want this stuff. So um, a lot of concerns. There's been no transparency from Pritzker, no transparency from, from the, the locals. Wait, I, I think you're, I think you're underselling it. What about uh, the Chicago Tribune parroting? I'm just reading this, uh, the Chicago Tribune parrots Pritzker's complain that right wing, right, right, right wingers are opposed to Goshen. Now, how does that work? So, so yeah, no nobody knows what's really going on, what vetting was done. There's going to be eight billion dollars in in subsidies for this two billion dollar plant. In other words, there's gonna be three million dollars 
spent per job created, uh, which is a, a crazy, ridiculous number. And it's going to a, to a Chinese company that has close ties to CCP, if you read their, their bylaws. So it's, it's all there in black and white. The problem is, is if you ask any questions about that or challenge and ask what betting was done, which is what the, um, the Senate Republicans did, you know, Pritzker comes back with, well, you're MAGA Republicans, you're xenophobic. And of course, the Tribune says the same stuff. Uh, what happened to like a good good old vetting process? Not to mention, by the way, that the Democrats at the at the national level have been the ones sounding the alarm about about China in in, in very big ways. Uh, they're the ones, you know, you got Blinken, you've got um, you've got the, the whole team of, of Biden's team really concerned about China. Yeah. And and the TikTok. And next thing you know, if you ask a question about Goshen, <laughs> you're you're labeled as a MAGA Republican xenophobe. So it's a it's a real mess. And, and again, one of those where we need clarity. What I really don't understand, Jeff and Ted, is that the Chicago Tribune, which was once the voice of clarity on such matters, is now so rudderless, so lost, so woke, kind of like uh, the rest of the country under Biden, that they can't even write a story without condemning Republicans for questioning the Chinese Communist Party's investment in illinois i don't understand how that works really i don't well you know if there's one good thing coming out of all this stuff john and you're asking about the blacks and and and, and they're they're being upset yeah. in, the, in chicago if there's one thing is that things are getting crazier and i i don't know i mean they, of course they can get crazier and this is always about pendulum swinging and the pendulum's still swinging really far uh let's just say far to the left right yeah sure but, but but the crazier it gets, the more now now there's the opportunity for the opposition. I'll just call it the opposition. Uh, there's an opportunity for the opposition to be heard if they can say the right things because the, 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 the far is it's gone so far. The wokeness in schools, it's gone so far with this with this immigration. It's going so far with crime. You know, Brandon Johnson, every time he opens his mouth, he's saying things that just don't make sense. Um, right. To most people so this is a huge opportunity on our side on the on the opposition side to kind of to kind of reorient the principles that we should be following in, in, in our country in chicago and illinois um so the principles what the what the true reforms are what the true goals are and uh and if we can't do it then it's, it's our fault because if we can't present how bad of a mess they've made of this of this state and this country and the city then it's on us so it's a big opportunity Ted Dabrowski of Wirepoints. We look forward to the stories that Wirepoints will, will highlight for us as we try to make sense of Illinois' I don't know what, confusion <laughs> and chaos in a media landscape where we can't trust the media. So thanks for all you do. Yeah, you and, and Mark, they're great. Good yeah, stuff. You and Mark Lennon. Thank, thank you guys. I appreciate it. For Ted Dabrowski of Wirepoints, some clarity amidst the confusion of Illinois. And for Jeff Carlin, executive producer of WGN Radio. And I'm not going to say about Friends of Cats or Baker of Pies, because Jeff is so much more than that, and maybe someday we'll get into it. And for me, John Cass, executive director of or executive editor of johncastnews.com, your favorite website for common sense. Have a cup of common sense. Subscribe to John Cass News and maybe have a sausage from 
Joseph's. Yeah, we'll come uh, come out with stuff. <laughs> Thanks for joining us on another episode of the Chicago Way, and we'll talk to you again next time on the Chicago Way podcast on WGN+.